We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It is game day. Lakers versus Grizzlies tonight. Which version of the Lakers are going to show up? Will they start to pull out of this tailspin, or will we see another loss on the Lakers ledger? And what could that mean for head coach Darvin Ham? We got to talk about that. We got to open up the mailbag as well. I am Trevor Lane. I guess I should probably say that. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined today by Sean Davis at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. Sean, how are you doing? How Have you recovered from that Lakers versus Heat debacle? <laughs> um, I, I have sort of. And uh, I described this game against Memphis tonight on the post-post game show as it just I don't care how you get it done. Just win. like you don't win tonight. And. Uh, I think some drastic things might happen. Like this is a must-win yeah. game. You, I see. I felt to. like the Miami game was a must-win game. I thought the Lakers were going to come out and play desperate, and they didn't. They came out and they played disorganized. It was pretty ugly. Um, so yeah, if I think you're right though, I think they have to win this game tonight against the Grizzlies. There's a lot of pressure on them. Obviously, there's the the story that came out now about Darvin Ham, maybe him being on the hot seat again. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Sean, that, that game against Miami, that was so bad. I literally lost sleep. That's how bad that game was. So I, I, I'm now sleep-deprived and doing this show thanks to the Lakers. So please come out and play desperate Lakers against Memphis so that I can get a better night's sleep. That would certainly be nice because this team, man, it is giving us reason to lose sleep at this point. Um, Not looking good. Not looking good. Looking extremely disorganized. What... What are you most hoping to see out of them? Is it just like the baseline energy and effort, or is there something schematically they need to do tonight against Memphis? Like, what what's the ideal situation here? That they just respond. Um, I forget what game it was, but you can tell. I would have to go back and look at the schedule, but you can tell the moment where you were like, "Yeah, I think Darvin lost the locker room," and I never really had thought that way. Throughout the entire day, even through the two and ten start, remember, remember that was mm-hmm. something we kind of applauded Darwin for. Was like two and ten start, and it never really felt like he lost the locker room last season. Yeah, uh-huh. but you could tell at what point after the in season tournament loss, um, I mean in season tournament win, excuse me, and where, where he just lost it. I don't even even look at the schedule. I can't even really like give you the exact game, but whatever that moment was, it was pretty distinct i remember the feeling so just to see i mean the reports were i mean if you go look at the article the reason why that you know the locker room took so long to open up last night following the game for you know interviews after the game or whatever is because they did a meeting a team meeting like will the team just respond that's the biggest thing i'm looking for the schematic stuff we'll figure out later but can you just get the baseline of the team's gonna play hard for you again and you just find any way whatsoever to get a win um but that that's the the biggest thing on my list right now because if if they're not going to respond then yeah you probably just need to uh do the inevitable now yeah i guess that might be kind of telling too right as we kind of mix in tonight's game and this whole darvin ham storyline here that's that's developing 
if the Lakers, like how the Lakers feel about Darvin Ham, like truly may be revealed by how they play in this game. Like, like if they come out yeah. and they play like their lives depend on it, like isn't it doesn't necessarily have to be, but it's probably a good sign for Darvin Ham, right? That he hasn't truly lost the locker room. If they come out lethargic, like there was a game years ago, I want to say it was the Blazers. They had to win a gimme game on the last game of the season to get into the playoffs, and they tanked it. Like the players, like clearly didn't care, didn't didn't get into the playoffs, and you uh-huh. just knew, like, okay, they're they're not going to go where they want to go. Their their coach obviously isn't uh, isn't going to get the job done. If the Lakers come out flat and lethargic and not looking like they're they're interested in playing basketball, kind of like we saw against against Miami, that could be very telling and would be an affirmation in my mind that he has indeed lost the locker room. And in that case, yeah, you probably, so I, I said this on post on the post post game show that I'm giving Darwin till next Saturday. After that Utah game, I I had originally given him the whole month. I was going to say, Darwin, mm-hmm. you have this month to figure it out. And then Miami game happens. I'm like, okay, cool. Scrap that. So next week, to really like just start to see some like foundational improvement. They just come out, the, the Lakers come out tonight against Memphis and say, nah, I don't really care about basketball tonight. Okay, yeah, then I mean, because what are you here for then? Like you're a uh in air quotes players coach, and midway through year two, a year where you won the first ever in season tournament, mind you. That was you less just, than a month ago. <laughs> less than a month ago. I think it might just now be a month ago. The the uh, Indiana game was oh no, still less than a month ago. No, it's uh, still less than a month. December 9th. So in yep. a span of a month, less than that, you just lost the locker room so drastically. Yeah, like we just have to make a decision better for the team because you have LeBron and AD still playing at a top 10 caliber level and you're a game below 500, which is insane. And they've both been healthy. Yeah. And that's that's just it, right? You're a game below 500. LeBron and Anthony Davis have been healthy for most of the season. Yes, the rest of the team has not. But still, the most important thing is LeBron and AD have been pretty healthy. Even if the rest of the lineup is kind of this rotating hodgepodge of players, you should still be at least above 500. And then in a game that you really need to win against Miami, who didn't play all that well, you can't come out looking the way the Lakers did in that one, your back that that should have been a backser against the wall. We are desperate for a win, and we should have seen that out of this team. And the fact that you didn't get that, and then you get the locker room meeting, then you get the story. Sean, I've never seen this before. Six sources. That story from the Athletic said that was from uh, Sean Strani and, and and our guy Yovan. Six sources confirming that there is this divide in the locker room that that's I've never seen six different sources corroborate. Like, yeah, people aren't happy in the locker room with Darvin ham, but I guess at the same time, it, it, it makes sense. These are, are professional players. Here's the thing. Like when I was, when I was teaching, right. We had, there was one year I was teaching. There was a math teacher that we that we brought in. And this math teacher is <laughs> a nice, nice guy. I know where this nice is guy. Going. <laughs> but the but the problem was he was bad at math. Huh? He's a math teacher, right? <laughs> this is not He's where I thought it was teacher. going. <laughs> and this this dude, he would he would be doing problems on the board and he'd be and he'd get them wrong. and he's the math teacher but here's the thing right these are seventh and eighth graders so you only go so far right there's that level of respect right there's teacher student and all that but at some point you lose (laughs) the classroom because the kids know you're wrong right the kids are smart enough to know know that you're wrong now imagine if you're doing that and instead of doing that to a group of 13 year olds you're doing that to a group of math teachers, right? People who know math just as well as you're supposed to. What would happen? How quickly would you lose that room? What do you think the response is when Darvin Ham says, hey, you know that whole floor spacing thing? 
That's that's all the rage in the NBA right now. We're not going to do that anymore. No, no, no. We're not we're not going to do that. For, forget that. Forget that. Uh, guards, the guy that I said that was going to be an all star. No, 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 no. We're not going to put him in the starting lineup. No, let's let let's let's put him on the bench. We don't. No, we don't need we don't need guards anymore. That that thing that all the teams have. No, we don't need those. Let's put those guys in the bench. You tell that to a room full of professional players. That's how you lose the locker room in less than a month, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't. I did not see that math story going that way. <laughs> I didn't. I'm like, okay, this sounds like a a fairly uh, like normal story. Oh, he doesn't know math, huh? Okay, that's uh, <laughs> and that and that is. A, I, honestly, I don't remember hmm. the guy's name, but that was a real thing. We had a guy. We had to replace him within a few weeks. I can remember talking to my uh, my athletic director all about him. He's like, man, I have to get rid of this guy. He can't do the math on the board. Oh man. That's Jeez. but that's like when you're doing this stuff and Darwin's throwing these crazy lineups out there, and these players, they're creatures of habit, they crave consistency, they want to know where their minutes are coming from, they want to know where their shots are coming from. And part of this isn't Darwin's yeah. fault, the, the, the part of it's injuries, but you're switching all this stuff up, and the stuff you're trying isn't stuff that's gonna make sense. You're gonna lose the locker room's gonna start saying, Yeah, I don't think we want to follow you so much anymore. And that I think that's where we're at. I think, I think that's where we're at. I think that you touched on like something that was important. One, they don't really know where their minutes are coming from. Two, mm-hmm. they're they're coming here and the role this goes back to like the whole roles thing, too. Like, like you were Darby was almost better off like jacking up the scheme or whatever. And and the player's mm-hmm. like, huh? Okay, right, well, right, right. Like, you know, at least we're in the roles that we're supposed to be in, or at least we're playing Got consistent it. minutes. At least we're in lineups that make sense. Okay, cool. Now I'm do I'm just gonna do my part and hope that the coaches figure out the scheme part, right? Right. So but, you're saying like like you got you've got your rotation down, but you're playing five out constantly and the players are saying well five out is it i'm just throwing something out there five out is not really something that we think is gonna is gonna work but okay at least we've got a rotation you're saying that would be preferable to from a player rotations all over the place from a player perspective i'm like like you know the player that i think about the most that i'm like man he just has to be so freaking pissed off it's easily rui achimura easily i I think he is because When he gets consistent minutes, and I'm 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 in the I'm in like the the bracket of like Laker fans or content creators that think you probably shouldn't run actual plays for Ruby. I think Ruby's a lot better where you say, "Hey, look, we're gonna run this action for Bron slash AD, and out of that action, Ruby can get a spot up touch out of it. Ruby can get a late second, maybe like you get a mismatch ISO attack off of it. I'm not running." with 18 seconds left, in my opinion, at least organized offense for Rui, but I'm going to let him like create off of others. If that makes sense, but his minutes are easily the most inconsistent. His, uh, like <laughs> the shots he gets are easily the less, the least amount can like consist on everybody. Yeah. But when he gets minutes and when he gets, uh, actual shots up, he, he produces, he had a four game stretch. Where he played 34 minutes, 30 minutes, 29 minutes, 28 minutes, and he scored 18, 21, 12, 17. Two games before that, he played 17 and 16 minutes. He didn't do jack anything. Came before that, though, uh, 34 minutes, scored 20. Like, when Ruby plays, even if you don't run anything for him, he's he's just naturally going to score, right? But when you don't play him and you play him 18 minutes, yeah, he's going to score like six points or he's going to score mm-hmm. five points in 17 minutes against Minnesota, which is what happened. So, like, if Rui was at 25 minutes tonight, which I think why I put him in, our, in my rotation build, Rui plays 25 minutes, but the scheme is wrong. In air quotes, the scheme is wrong because, you know, there, it, you can, there isn't necessarily a set scheme that is going to work. It's more so you have to tailor fit to your players, right? But you're in the incorrect scheme as a player. I can say, okay, cool. I might disagree with the scheme. I'm going to make the most of my 25 minutes or whatever. Right. Whereas 
the scheme is potentially wrong and I'm playing only 17 minutes a night. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna be furious. And I'm in the wrong role. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be furious. Mm-hmm. Like Max, even though he's a second year player, should be furious that he's being put in an on-ball role at this stage of his career because he's not good at it. Torian not being used as a movement shooter is I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of more of a, a detriment to the team than to himself, but still, like I'm really good at this. Him being a movement shooter a high-level one at that can get him paid even more money than just being a spot-up dude, right? Jackson Hayes being used as a drop-freaking-coverage big. is I would be furious if I'm Jackson Hayes. Like, <laughs> you grabbed me in free agency. You should know what I'm good at. You're putting me in positions where I suck at. So, yeah, I would be furious if, if I'm uh, if I, if I I'm Darvin. I mean, if I'm the, the player. So, um, yeah, like stuff like you said. That's how you lose a locker room in 27 days or whatever. There's a, an old episode of Parks and Rec, which is one of my my favorite shows. Um, and it's kind of a little like The Office adjacent, right? If you haven't seen Parks and Rec. But there's an episode where they're putting on this big event and everything starts to go haywire. And in order to, to deal with one problem and then this snowballs into a bunch of other problems, she winds up the main character of the show, Leslie Nope. She takes all the different people that are supposed to do certain jobs and then shifts them over to different jobs. So you've got like a person reading an Italian poem and rather than the person who actually speaks Italian, it's somebody else doing that job, right? Like all of these roles have been, been shifted and it winds up being this disaster that ultimately Ron Swanson get his, gets his eyebrows burned off and this giant fireball explosion. Anyway, it's a great show. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're seeing here from, from the Lakers. You've got guys that are being not put in their ideal situations, right? They're, the minutes are, are bouncing all over the place, and all of these things are going to contribute to you losing a locker room, especially when you've got the pressure of, hey, we just had LeBron's birthday. He's 39 years old. We'd better win right now. We'd better give him a shot to win right now. And that pressure is there, and you're trying all this crazy stuff, and it's not working. And you're losing and you keep digging the hole deeper by trying more crazy stuff instead of going with the traditional stuff that probably would be at least a step in the right direction. Um, That's how you get to this point. That's how you get to this point. And I just, I do wonder if there's, if there's a way back, is there a way back from this or are we just in the inevitable death spiral of Darvin Ham to the point where they're actually going to have to make a midseason move? which isn't easy by itself. Like, that's difficult. Is that where we're at? Or is there is there a path forward for Darvin here? This might be a terrible analogy, but follow okay. me here. And I'm going to answer your question with this. I put this out on X uh, today at Sean underscore DAVI, like we said earlier. The Lakers made a massive overcorrection to a problem that just needed a small little tweak, which was the lineup, right? They went from... A lineup of D'Lo, Cam, Torian, Braun, AD, which mm-hmm. is still net positive. It's their most played lineup in terms of minutes or, excuse me, possessions. They went from that and they made this massive overcorrection of going, okay, cool. We're just going to go no guards because D'Lo's not playing well. We're going to go no guards and go D- uh, Cam, Torian, Vando, Braun, AD. Mm-hmm. And I tweet, I put that out. I was like, they, they, that decision right there might just cost the Lakers the season. And somebody responds, I forget who, but somebody responds and says, the, the the Lakers making a massive overcorrection to a small problem that just needed a, a small tweak is has been like the story of the team post-championship. And I'm like, huh. Yeah. So to answer the question, it's like, can you're, you're in a, a two-car lane full of traffic and you just need to turn your blinker on and make a slight little nudge to get over into the right lane. And you make a full hard right turn and you overcorrect instead of just make ever so slight turn to get in the right lane so you can get off on your on your X or whatever and, and be about your journey. Can you can you fix a such a dramatic jerk of the wheel? Can you fix that mm. to where there is no uh, collateral damage. There isn't any, I mean, to, to anybody, can you fix that in time to get to still get off on your exit? And the exit is 
the Lakers championship hopes. You're about to pass the exit now because you overcorrected so much. And maybe that's you're a not, terrible You're not going to get that. You're going you're gonna to go into the wall. <laughs> you that's go where you're going to go. <laughs> like, uh, I really do think that if the Lakers don't get where they want to go at, at, at the end of the season, I, th- I really, really do think we're going to go back and say, huh, why the hell was that the why, – why was that the, the choice? Like, same reason why we, we always go back post-21 season where the year 80 got her in the playoffs and say, huh, mm-hmm. why was that the – like, no, you didn't need to go get Russell Westbrook. That was an overcorrection. After the, oh, yeah, big time. Big For time. what? Tra- like, I, I think – Just, just because been, Dennis Schroeder wanted all that money? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Ron that might have said, like, go get Malik Beasley. Or, or it was uh, it was replaced. He said, it was like, ah, oh, man, replace Dennis with, like, Malik Monk and Marquise Morris with Mello. That year, Mello, we did, that version we did get. And just, just run, run it back. You're good. That's all you needed. And now, like, with this year's team, it's, Okay, cool. That lineup did, and that lineup didn't work. One, the D'Lo, Cam, Torian, Bron, AD. One, because D'Lo did start to go into a slump. But mm-hmm. two, because Torian just couldn't shoot for a legitimate month. He forgot how to shoot the ball. But that yeah. wasn't a bad lineup. Like if you go, if you go back to go back uh, to the rotation build. The idea for every single lineup was no more than one non-floor spacer. Okay, uh-huh. cool. Cam is the non-floor spacer, but Cam's a slasher. Cam can actually finish at the rim, so you can use him in the dunker spot or some other roles. Um, and no more than one legitimate, like, true defensive liability. Okay, cool. The one true defensive liability is D'Lo. You can kind of mask some of the other stuff with Cam and with AD together mm-hmm. on the floor defensively. That's why that line made sense, and he went to, okay, screw it. Let's just go all defense, which – Complimentary basketball exists. You ultimately tank. You, you're already tanking your offense anyway because you're tanking your offense so much. You're now like hurting your defense, which is the point of the lineup. Like, oh man, this team. We're see. This is this is the deal. The, the, this is why we're losing sleep because of things like this that are going on. Um, I, I don't know if there's a path back here for darvin from from all this because as as you're saying like this is i i mean mind-blowing stuff that, that we're seeing here and and just goes against what you would typically think is is the correct move and look there's times where zigging when everyone else is, is zagging becomes this brilliant genius move that opens up eyes and changes the way we play the game right that can happen seven seconds or less suns right um this isn't that <laughs> this isn't that there's there's a reason why teams want guys who could shoot on the floor and guys who could provide that that floor spin why teams want guards uh, uh, on the floor from time to time and in, in today's nba so from time to time right like this is so <laughs> just every once in a while <laughs> every every once in a while but I, i'll tell you this there is only one way to fix this there is one way and one way only, and there is no other way that it will be fixed, and that is simply to win. Right yeah. now, how you get there, there are plenty of there's plenty of different things we could talk about there. But winning is the only solution to this problem. The only thing that saves Darwin and prevents the Lakers from off, front office from maybe being forced to make a decision here mid season and not in the summer, like we've been been talking about. Is if they keep losing, the only the only way to avoid having to make that decision is to win. You have to start winning games. Um, that's it. That's it. Otherwise, otherwise, by the trade deadline, February eighth, we might be talking about more than just trades. We might be talking about who the the coach is. Like that. That what? is now suddenly. And you and I have both been saying this is look. If Darvin is going to get let go, it's probably not going to happen until the summer. But we also weren't predicting this much of a spiral from this Lakers team. So if this continues, then all bets are off. This this could be a massive midseason shift if this is the way it continues to go. And again, the only solution is to win basketball games. All right, question. And this goes for everybody in the comments as well. Lakers lose tonight to Memphis. Mm-hmm. You have a day before the Clippers game, which 
really kind of hurts because if it was two days, I think you might have a better argument. But either way, you lose tonight to Memphis. Does Darvin Ham have a job Saturday? Or going yeah, into the, going I don't. Into the, I don't think it'll be quite game. that quick. I think it would take. God, like you get. Let, let's say you lose to Memphis, and then you get going. You get like blown out by the Clippers by like thirty or something like that. Okay, that might be what it, what it is. That 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 might be that might do it. That might do it. That yeah. might be the proverbial DeAndre Jordan pass into the tenth row. That that may be it. Where DeAndre when he was cut like the next day, um, <laughs> the next day that that may that may do it for Darvin Ham. Man, this is this is not where we wanted to see the Lakers at. They're below five hundred now. Um, thankfully, the Nuggets beat the Warriors. That crazy Jokic uh, buzzer beater. The oh heave, the shot put, the win in. Thankfully, that actually helped the Lakers because otherwise the Lakers would have dropped to 11th had, yeah. uh, had the Nuggets not won tonight against uh, against the Warriors. So that's this is not where we want to see the Lakers. This is not where this team should be. Yes, there have been injuries. Oh, and that's the other thing, Sean. How have we, we, not, we haven't even talked about this. And we've got the mailbag to get into still. But Darvin's comment... About well, it's tough to have chemistry or whatever. I'm paraphrasing, but because we've had guys in and out of the lineup, the Heat were missing Jimmy Butler, Caleb Lakers, Martin, and like, Caleb Martin. The Lakers were missing D'Lo and Rui Hachimura, and I like D'Lo and Rui Hachimura, but those two things are not the same. Same, and the Miami Heat looked ready to play NBA basketball. The Lakers did not. Didn't he say something like, "Uh, it's losing D'Lo." Rui and who else like, and like Gabe or whatever. It's like the equivalent of like losing a uh, oh, yeah, having a big dog like Jimmy Butler. Like, bro, no, like no way you just said that. Well, <laughs> Read the room, bro. Read the AD room. AD and Austin say the exact opposite. The exact they say that's opposite. no excuse for us losing. We've got to win these games. We have to find a way, you know, which is which is right. Which right that game against the Heat, it was, it was right there for them. They just have an average game, and and you run away with that thing. Miami didn't play all that well, but they played together. The Lakers did not, which again was why I was left with the impression there was something more going on in that game than just a bad shooting night and just a, a few rotation players being out. Um, uh, yeah. They're not on the same page, the Lakers and Darvin Ham right now. It's not good. Who who becomes the coach? If the Lakers move on from Darvin, who's the coach? I'm so glad you asked that. Because first off, I think, in my opinion at least, if you file it, let's say you file let's say, again, the Lakers lose for some reason tonight to Memphis. Mm-hmm. You lose to Memphis and you fire Darwin. The if you decide to go like I don't know for some reason this is a name that keeps freaking popping up and it's so irritating. You hire Doc Rivers. You are punting oh, the season the minute that happens. Not because it's Doc Rivers, but because like structurally it makes no sense midseason. Right? You're you're trying to first off just correct what happened with with the last coaching staff. Right? So you have to fix mm-hmm. that. Then you have to establish a whole new scheme mid-season, offensively and defensively. Re-establish new roles, which you probably should do that anyway, but neither here nor there. Re-establish new roles. Re-establish a new rotation. Put a whole new playbook in there. Like, in the middle of the season, you're trying to be a championship contender. Like, I think, in my opinion, at least, you're just punting the season as soon as you go outside of house, which is another reason why I just don't think Unless something crazy happens, like like Trevor said, you lose to Memphis, and then the Clippers just come in uh, L. Well, they're already in LA, but the Clippers just come in Sunday night and beat the hell out of you by like thirty or whatever, right? I, I just I think you're punting the season by going outside of house. So that leads to the the answer to being I think you go to one of Phil Handy, Christian. And I think at this point it would just probably be Phil Handy at this point. I'm- I mean, if if you like, you saw this with your with your Chargers, right? If you got to the point where their backs were against the wall, like it was pretty clear, hey, you guys don't win, don't show up, your coach is going to get fired, and they came out flat. Yeah, and they got and they got destroyed. They got embarrassed. Even if the Chargers had just lost to the Raiders, 
by like 10 or something, he would have been the coach for the rest of the season. Right. It was the fact that you went into there, into that game, and the players just said, yeah, I don't care. Exactly. The, the, the team minute said, that's it, right? The, the team said, happens. we're not following this guy. That's what would, if the Lakers lose to Memphis, by the way, Memphis has lost four of the last five. Now they've had, they're losing to like Denver and Sacramento and stuff, but still, right. they've lost four of the last five. You lose to Memphis in a game where you should be desperate to win, and then you go get blown out by the Clippers. Wouldn't that be kind of similar to the Chargers situation? Yeah. You would, you would have to. You would, you would just have to fire them. You have to, because at that point it was like, oh yeah, okay. They don't. I'm not gonna say they don't care, but they don't care, or to the so point we, where like we're not gonna follow that guy into the future. Like you, you would have to. So let me let me say this. I had a name floated to me today, as a as a suggestion, not as a I've heard this is who the Lakers are looking at, just as a suggestion for somebody uh, just. Just kind of chatting like, hey, who who would be a good coach? You know what I mean? Um, and the name that was suggested. Uh, Terry Stotts? No, it was not Terry Stotts. Budenholzer? It's not Terry Stotts. It was Rajon Rondo. No. It was Rajon Rondo. And here, here's the thing. And here, this is why I didn't, this is why I didn't like immediately dismiss this. Okay. There's Rondo was on a, a podcast. I don't remember what which podcast it was. He was on a podcast recently. And he said, I give Frank Vogel a lot of credit if this is accurate. He said that essentially on the 2020 team, LeBron and Rondo did they ran, they coached the offense essentially. They ran the offense. They they set it all up and everything like that. And Frank said, Go, do it. And Frank Vogel handled the defense, right? On this team, with LeBron, with AD, your offense is struggling. He's supposed to be one of the most brilliant basketball minds that we've ever seen, right? Do you need a, a guy with a ton of head coaching experience, or do you need a guy who's got the ability to see offense at a different level and can grease the wheels a bit? and unlock some things. Could he be that guy? And he's already got the respect of LeBron and AD and all the, all those kinds of guys. You know what I mean? I'm not... Look, if if Spolster was sitting out there right now, I, I would no means would be saying this. The pool is pretty <laughs> shallow. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Especially in season. Especially in, in season. In season, that's it. And you know what? There's some big downs. Like Darvin Ham's first-year head coach or, or is a first-time head coach. There's some downside to that, obviously, right? There's bumps in the road. I'm not saying it would all be smooth sailing. I'm not even saying, I'm not even sure I'm 100% on board with this idea. But if he really did essentially coach that title team's offense, I could see where maybe he could unlock some things. And I trust that LeBron and AD could have the defense covered on their own. Uh, all I'm gonna and say it, to that is you 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 at least like made it somewhat interesting. Because I, I, uh, before the past five minutes, I probably would have just immediately dismissed it and said no. But like, there there's enough of a thought in my head now to where okay, I kind of have to consider if I'm the Lakers, just based off like the the especially if that's true, you kind of have to consider it. Um, There's there's, I, I, there's, I, I, there's drawbacks to it. There's no question. It is, it is by I, no I, means is that a smash. Yes, do sure. this and you're winning a championship type. I, and look, you're in some ways like we were criticizing Darvin Ham for doing this kind of outside the box stuff that isn't working. And this is to then go and hire to then the go and, and hire. You know, hey, we're we're gonna go hire a guy who hasn't coached ever. in the NBA. You know, I, like that's, I will say this though. Because he brought up something about the first time I coached thing. And I put out a tweet talking about, well, you know, if the Lakers did fire Darvin again, more in the all this is more offseason talk. Let's see you fire Darvin. David Adelman, top of the list, in my opinion. But in the okay. immediate reaction, David Adelman, uh, Nuggets assistant coach, Rick Adelman's son, or uh, Kevin Young, who's been kind of more of a, a, a hot commodity and a more of a popular mm -hmm. name. 
and immediately was hit with, and this is somewhat justified, especially given what we're going through now with the, oh, no, not a first-time head coach thing. Not not that again, yeah. right? And, and my response to that, it would be, I get it. Like, we've been burned, right? This is a, a burning, yeah. right? Because, you know, this situation didn't go how it was planned out. But I will just say this, like, let's say it, it, there, there is some uncertainty. We even said this back before Darwin was un, was hired, right? Because, like, it was Kenny Atkinson, like, Darvinham, for example, uh-huh. right? Yeah. We knew what Kenny Atkinson was for the most part. You didn't know with Darwin. So there is obviously some uncomfortable level of uncertainty with Darwin. But, like, I don't really care if you're a first-time head coach. Is it, Are you a good enough candidate for the job. And I think that's kind of how you have to approach it. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, Nick nurse was a first time head coach his first year, obviously duh first year wins the NBA championship. Emi Odoka, first time head coach with the Celtics. Ew goes to the NBA finals, right? Ty Lu, which is the number one coach to get brought up. Where we're talking about in season hirings and firings or whatever. He gets mm-hmm. hired mid season Different situation because he was already on the staff, so don't get any bright ideas. But mid-season, first-time head coach wins the NBA championship, right? There are going to be bad. Like, this is a bad case, but, like, if you are genuinely a good candidate, Mark Dangle was a first-time head coach. He's, a, I think, a top-five coach in the league. He's that freaking good, in my opinion. The Oklahoma mm-hmm. City Thunder coach, Will Hardy, in the same uh, coaching hiring cycle as Darvin Ham, ironically. I think he's a really good coach that's on a bad team um with a bad roster right yeah he's not a top five top ten coach but i think he's a good coach so i'll just say don't get burned by the first time head coach thing if he's a good coach and he's a good candidate that makes sense that you hire him if, if he doesn't make sense that he doesn't fit what you as an organization want like if if no matter how much i like david allen or how much a lot of people might like him or whatever if you if the lakers interview him and they're like yeah i mean he just doesn't fit what we need Okay, cool. That makes sense or whatever, right? But don't don't get scared off because he's a first-time head coach. I think that's important. That's well, and this will be a much more in-depth conversation when if and when this happens with with Darvin Ham. Um it I could be it, as simple as Phil Handy takes over. Could be as simple as Chris Gent takes over. Could be something like that. Could be an outside hire, but it obviously if that happens if it's when at this point i'm really i'm kind of prepared it, i think it's gonna happen so you're you're thinking it's are you going between then like in season and summer or is this yeah. like or do you think there's any chance that he survives all the way into I mean, next like, season? what 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 has to happen for him to 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 be the head coach next year like the- western <laughs> conference finals minimum I would say, right? Right? Like, that's like, that's probably it. But there was a point we said that about Coach Bud, and then he won a championship. They won a championship. Oh, God. What if it's Coach Bud? <laughs> that's another one that makes me just cackle. Like, come on. <laughs> like, not that not that Mike Budholzer is a bad coach, but Darvin Ham is from his coaching tree. Like, it, it's just kind of silly. Yeah. It's, it's like... It's like the Chargers saying, uh, okay, cool. We fire Brandon Staley. Let's go get Joe Barry, his defensive coordinator, when he was with the uh, like they worked together in the Rams together. Let, let's go get like his top assistant when they were on the Rams. Like that's silly. That makes no sense. Like yeah. even if Joe Barry, Joe Barry stinks, by the way. But like even if even if Joe Barry was average, it just doesn't make that much sense to just go right back to a very to something that's so similar to what didn't pan out for you. Right. It's hey, I'm I'm really hungry. Okay, how about Domino's pizza? No, I don't want pizza. Uh let's go with Papa John's. Doesn't make you sense. You just said you don't want pizza. That's the whole point. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like if pizza doesn't work for you, why would you then turn to turn to pizza? Under just a different kind of pizza. If Darvin Ham's not working, why would you turn to, to Mike Budenholzer? Right? Uh, same coaching tree. Anyway. We'll see where this ultimately goes. Um, we do need to get into the mailbag. But first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. And on today's show, that is HelloFresh. HelloFresh gets you fresh, farm fresh, prepared, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right 
to your doorsteps. You can skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy. And that's very key for me, folks. Fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh can help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered to your door. Each box gets packed with all the ingredients you need, everything pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle, less wasted food. Personally, I don't mind cooking, but I got to admit, I hate the cleanup from cooking. I hate like when people, when you're getting like involved into a big meal and then the cleanup takes you almost as long as to, as to make things. I'm lazy, I guess, right? So I'd rather make something simple and quick. And HelloFresh checks all of those boxes because everything's already pre-portioned. So I'm not like mixing a bunch of stuff for things like that. It's already portioned out for you. In fact, uh, my wife is going out of town this weekend. I've got HelloFresh all set up, I know I can handle making it. It's going to be good. It's going to be nutritious and I'm not going to make a huge mess. So for me, it just, it checks all of those boxes and you can go to hellofresh.com slash Lakers nation free and use our code Lakers nation free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while a subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash Lakers nation free with that code lakers nation free all right sean let's jump into the mailbag for a few minutes here um it is an extensive mailbag there were a lot of people not happy after the lakers lost the miami heat i was among them um let, let's let's dive into this this pool of of anger uh shay jordan Said no energy at all and a horrible game to watch. Wasted another another good AD game, getting worried. Also, JHS stands for junk, horrible, and rhymes with Schmidt. Oh, I actually got that one on the on the show. I did do this one on the show. I and I, I, I clipped it on accident then. Um I knew there were gonna be a lot of JHS takes after the Lakers are playing against Jaime Hawkins, but but JHS didn't do himself any favors playing five minutes, going over four, getting blocked by Hawkes. That that was pretty rough. That was pretty rough, Sean. You knew as soon as uh, he he took the he took the mid-range jumper and just oh. bricked hit the side of the back. He didn't catch he just, the rim. He didn't catch the rim. Oh, Sean, there was a moment when he took that shot. Oh boy. I was it like I don't I th- I know it's a buzzword now. People say they say, Oh, I got triggered by that. I I went I went to a dark place. I, I went back to the Westbrook era. <laughs> I saw a jumper hit the oh, backboard hit hit all the backboard and I just oh it was not good. It was not good. Drew Potter said, not sure what fixes this team. Not sure uh fire coaches available if Ham's fired. Uh, no great trade candidates truly available or affordable. Uh-oh. Okay, so no great trade candidates. Woj today. We got well, a video, by the way, about trade uh, options. We do, the, yes. The, and we actually, we're probably going to have a few of them that we need to do. But uh, this weekend, let, let's let's do a uh, top trade targets video. But um, Woj had a little tidbit here on uh, on Zach Levine and his trade market. Throwing out there the idea that the Bulls may be so the the market may be so barren for Zach Levine that the Bulls may hit a point where they just have to be satisfied with just getting off of his contract, not getting stuff back, just getting like they want stuff back, of course, but just getting off of his contract. If you could do something where you're just all you're doing is taking the contract from Chicago in exchange for salaries going out and we can piece together what that looks like. But let's assume the like no Austin, right? No draft capital. You're just sending some matching salaries and whoever you want to talk about, maybe some matching salaries and like JHS gets thrown in or something. Would you do that for Zach Levine? Because that could be, that's 
for a guy who can score over 20 points again, and I'm not all, I'm not all in on the Zach Levine train here or anything. If anything, I've been the other way. But if the price is that affordable, as Drew is mentioning here, doesn't think there's anybody truly affordable. If he's really at an affordable price like that, wait, what's the price again? I'm talking no draft picks, no Austin Reeves. I'm saying it's like D'Lo and Ruby. D'Lo, D'Lo, Gabe, JHS. I got to do the math and see how how many contracts we got to stack up. But I'm saying like you're not even giving up Max Christie. Right, maybe maybe at most you're throwing in JHS. Other than other than that, you're talking about like a couple of rotation guys just to make the math work. Ha. Huh. And the and Bulls go. My, and the, and the Bulls go. Okay, we we got we got off of this contract, this terrible contract, and you get this Lakers offense that has been so stuck in the mud. A guy who could drop twenty five on any given night. <laughs> I don't know. And you you got to pay him almost $200 million. Though. That, that's, that's, that's the only... catch. That's the catch. Oh, man. But, like, this is why I said that's, that's a little bit of an easier burden because I get to keep my picks. And, like, I'm not trading Austin. That's so much easier now. Huh. So, I mean, I we'd, think... be talking, we'd be talking D'Lo, Rui, those two, would ha- I think those two would pretty much have to. Well, yeah, those two would pretty much have to be, unless you wanted to like really stack up a bunch of con, like, and you want to get into like Torian or something. It would have to be, yeah, like D'Lo, Rui, and Gabe or something like that. Oh, man. I think I, I will say this one of the things I think Zach Levine offers you, one of the more intriguing things he offers you, is he has like legit versatility for any offensive scheme because Chicago's been, I, I haven't paid too much attention to what they've been doing this year, but since Billy Donovan's been there, they've definitely been more of a five out team, which is what the Lakers are this year. Um, r- really quick, real quick fact check that I hear the, to anybody that thinks they didn't run five out all last year. Lakers definitely ran five out last year, just to the extent of what we're seeing it at. It's a, a lot more this year. Um, they're, they, they haven't run a bunch of four out one in at all, where last year was still, relatively balanced it's like 38 percent four out one in 23 percent or whatever uh five out this year it's like 40 percent or something five out like 17 percent four out one or something like that but like you get the point um but anyway zach levine he has a lot of different methods to score he could be a spot up dude he could go iso he could be a legitimate off screen slash movement shooter in some capacity Obviously, that's not his. You don't want him to be that primary role. But what I'm saying is, like, he's not a straight up has to be ball screen or ISO in his hand. And if he doesn't have one of those two things, uh, he he can't do anything else, right? He can. You could have LeBron out of the ball, go Bron pick and roll with AD on an empty side, and then on the other side, it's Zach Levine coming off a double stagger screen. Like that is something the Lakers can legitimately do, and I, I think having that versatility for a guy like Zach Levine uh, is somewhat intriguing. And I'll kind of leave my, my desire for Zach Levine potential desire. That is at that. Yeah. I think that's, that's what it would have to be. If I'm the Lakers, it would have to be something like, like the no pick, you know, all that kind of stuff, just because you're taking on the contract. But I think, you know, he can provide you some things on the offensive end that, that could be interesting. So again, I'm not, like, I'm not on board with you. you give up a bunch of stuff to get Zach Levine. I think there's other guys that you target there. But if it really is just a, and Bulls fans would not be thrilled with me saying this, of course, but but if it really is just a, hey, please take him off of our hands type of situation, I'm, I, I've suddenly become a bit more open to it. Um, I'm, com- I'm intrigued. The, this comment said, I'm numb, man. We're not winning stuff with this team. We don't have a starting five. We need to talk about that. We're in January. We're an hour in, Trevor. What haven't we talked about? <laughs> well, I, I know, right? Uh, we, I know. I said this needed to be a quick show so I could get some sleep. But now, but you got me all fired up now talking about all the all this Lakers stuff. This is what happens. Um, you won't fire Ham, who's never had us ready to play. Bron and AD need to call this out publicly, like hopeless. I think LeBron and AD can have just as much effect by saying things privately. Um, 
to the right people in the in the Lakers front office. But uh, we don't have a starting five. That that's a concern for me. That we are very close to the halfway point of the season here for the Lakers, and we still like if I throw this out on on X and I say what should the Lakers starting five be, I'm going to get a bunch of different responses. We still don't know what the starting five for be should be. If you go and you ask Denver Nuggets fans, hey, what should the starting five be? You're going to get, like, as long as they actually know, like, they follow the team close enough to know all the players and everything, like, nine out of ten are going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. They're going to say the exact same starting five. Why? Because they know. They, they've got a starting five. That's all set. This Lakers team, we're halfway through, and we still don't know who the starting five is. Like, that's that that is indeed concerning. I think any real contender, one, any real contender, they're playing their top lineup that, like, makes sense. Like, Trevor, this is absurd, by the way. The Philadelphia 76ers, their top lineup has the best net rating per clean the glass in the NBA by far. Their net okay. rating, the lineup of Tyrese Maxey, Demet- uh, De- I said Demetrius, De'Anthony Melton, Tobias Harris, Nicholas Batum, and Joel Embiid is a plus 33 Point three net rating in mm-hmm. like almost 500 possessions. Even if you go like to, uh, I mean, just some of the other teams, like like we talk about uh, Denver's top lineup, plus 20, 675 possessions. Indiana, they're not a contender, but still 370 possessions almost, plus 20. Boston's death lineup, if you will, they're, they're top five, plus 18. Uh, if you go to the, the, the Clippers post uh, James Harden trade, right? They're a top lineup, plus 16. And the Lakers top lineup, one, that, again, makes sense. I'm not even saying, and by the way, Trevor, you should have been there. I was so close to starting Max in the rotation build. But I'm not even saying you start the D'Lo, Max, Torrey, and LeBron AD lineup, which is your best lineup that's a plus 16 and rivals like it's it's just behind James Harden, Terrence Mann, PG, Kawhi, Zubak for the Clippers. I'm not even saying start that line, but that line makes sense structurally. One and two, somebody uh, I put out a tweet about the lineups or whatever for the Lakers, and it might have been separately, like in a group chat, or somebody might have just directly replied. They were like, "Who's the five best?" I'm, I'm actually just gonna phrase this as a question, Trevor. Who are the Lakers' five best players? Just name list them off. Who are the five best players? Which version of D'Lo do I get? Do I get December <laughs> D'Lo or November D'Lo? Um, I, but I'll just go just a real quick off the top of my head. I, I, LeBron AD, obviously. Uh, I will go Austin. Uh, I'll go D'Lo. And then the fifth guy is is questionable. I'd say uh, give, me, give me Rui. Okay. Problem is that lineup can't play together. Because you're not going to get a lick of stops defensively. No. Yeah, you're, you're not, not stopping anybody. Nope. So, yeah. and then that is another problem, too. Like, you go to Denver, or like I said, that Boston lineup, which is absurd. They can all play together because they have they play complementary basketball because, like, Drew, Derek White, JB, JT, KP, much as I hate they're, the Celtics. They're two-way players. They're two-way players. They're five dudes that can contribute to both ends of the floor. Even not, not even say like James Harden probably isn't a good defender, right? Terrence Mann is a two way. Paul George is a two way. Kawhi is kind of a two way. Zubach, right? Like th- this is just where the NBA is at, right? So like playing or even just lineups that make sense together, like. And here's the know. here's the big picture, Sean. Big picture. The problem is, and I was hoping when we came into the season, I was very hopeful that number one, that of course you would get a lineup that made sense. And we, we talked about how Vando in the starting lineup with Austin and D'Lo mitigates some of their defensive issues there at D'Lo and Austin's offensive capabilities, mitigate some of Vando's offensive shortcomings and, and all of that. But we also know that while that can get you pretty far, when you get to the playoffs, those guys that can only play one side of the ball yeah, are going to get hunted. They're going to get taken advantage of. We're already seeing it in season. If you saw the way that Miami Heat, I can't even use the word defended. Um, <laughs> whatever you want to call what they did to Jared, ignored 
Jared Vanderbilt, like they literally, they pretended like he was not on the floor. The Lakers played four on five when Jared Vanderbilt was was out there on the offensive end. That is going to get exploited like crazy on the offense and that, on the uh, when they are on the floor. Yeah, and that that's why like on the trade market you need two way guys, and maybe that goes against the Zach Levine talk we just had. But you need you need to find some two way guys if you're the Lakers. And like last thing, even going back, because that's another comment that's been just like thrown a while around aimlessly is, oh, my God, they haven't gone back to the lineup to work last season. Yeah. That lineup worked in the regular season, right? To the point Trevor just said in the playoffs, that lineup got crushed. It wasn't like you were closing with that lineup. Yeah. yeah. But like that lineup was like a minus three for the entire playoffs. And again, a lot of that is the Denver series, like Trevor mentioned, but like. Yeah, they, they were losing. They were a net negative in, in the playoffs, technically, with that lineup on the floor. They were closing a lot of times with Dennis on the floor or with mm-hmm. Ruby on the floor. Oh, yeah. Right? And now you're going this season where offensively you'll be playing four on five, and then defensively we're just going to attack D'Lo and Austin at will. Right? Like, that line just can't functionally play. Even lineups with, like, D'Lo and Austin together, it doesn't matter who the other three players are, that lineup – the Lakers are scoring well, but they're a minus six because they're giving up 123 points per possession or points per 100, excuse me. Can you, if you were to have either Austin or D'Lo as your, as your one, as your one, I think the success of the Max Christie lineups, I'm sure you've seen the lineup data with Max at the two and Torian at the three and D'Lo or Austin at the one. Um, it yeah. comes out pretty positive. Could you imagine if the Lakers had like a Contavious Caldwell Pope right now? Oh my God. Right? Like that, that changes a lot when we look at when we look at this because that's part of the problem, too, right? Is if you want to do like if you want to put Austin and, and D'Lo on the floor together and you go with Vando, okay, that helps with your defense, but then you're 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 in trouble on the offensive end. I, I think that you can have you can have one guy. And I think there's degrees of this that is deficient on one side of the floor or the other, but I don't think, and you were talking about the way you built out your lineup like this uh, or your rotation like this. I don't think you can have more than one. And if that guy is somebody that gets just completely ignored on offense or completely targeted on defense and, and can't you know hold their own at all, then perhaps even having one guy becomes untenable. But this is something that, I, I think that you you got to really look at it. if you could find a two way and again this isn't really Zach Levine if you could find a two way shooting guard like that would give a lot of optionality to to this Lakers team or if there was some way to throw Max Christie into the, into the DeLorean put it up to eighty eight and bring him back like give me the twenty three year old version of Max Christie on this team and boy that would be something. When we're looking at uh, just a four-man grouping of Max, AD, LeBron, and Torian in 215 possessions, uh-huh. that four-man grouping is a plus 11, scoring 117 points offensively per 100 possessions and holding teams to 106 points per 100 possessions. Because Max can defend and shoot. Torian can and shoot. shoot. Braun is a good helper. AD is the best defensive player on the planet. Yep. Yep. Makes it yeah, if it's if it's instead of Max, if it's Cam, then you've then you lose that shooting and then your offense falls apart and the paint is packed and it, like there was the that stat that you had out the other day that Vando. the Lakers the Lakers rim finishing was awful in the Jared Vanderbilt lineup. Part of that is Jared Vanderbilt is terrible finishing at the rim. And by the way, I like Jared Vanderbilt. I think he's, I think teams need a guy like a Jared Vanderbilt. Um, but his deficiencies can also be magnified. Part of it is Jared Vanderbilt's rim finishing is terrible. Part of it is though, teams have an extra man in the paint. So AD is facing an extra body. LeBron's facing an extra body. So you're trying to score over one extra player. And so that's going to lower the shooting percentages at the rim of the other guys too, because you don't have the floor space. Yeah. I mean, even just the, a three man grouping of Braun, AD and Vando with regardless of the other two players are the Lakers as a team, this is a little bit different than the lineups that I threw out on Twitter, but 
I mean, as a team with that three-man grouping, they're only finishing at a 60% clip, uh, clip at the rim, which is at the rim. St- that's still not good considering the Lakers mm. as a team, when you take out the uh, South Bay guys, our rookies are like a 69% team at the rim. So I, just imagine no Vando on the floor. As a matter of fact, hold on. Maybe this is how you end the show. Let me see. Where, where is the team at at the rim, no Vando on the floor? <laughs> just without Jared Vanderbilt. Just without Jared Vanderbilt. They are he's, the Lakers are finishing at the rim in a 70.5% clip at the rim with no Vando on the floor. Oh, my gosh. Any lineup. And hold on. Let me make sure no South Bay guys are on the floor either. Hold on. Demoy Hodge. I like Demoy Hodge still. I am Max Lewis. Okay. I think we got everybody. All the rookies, all the South Bay guys, no Jerry Vanderbilt. The Lakers at the rim. Okay, yeah, it's not that much different. 70 and a half again. So that stinks. Wow. All right. Let me get through a, a few more of these these chat questions and we'll call it a show. These we're three more here. Alejandro said, sad they're wasting the best AD stretch as a Laker. Yeah, AD's balling I don't out. Think this is the best stretch. <laughs> Do it's we not remember? The best 2020 is the, is the best stretch. Or that 2020. Year. Yeah. When AD was the you know hitting the the I'm that guy the the Kobe shot that that was the best stretch but this is this has been a good AD stretch uh, this is getting depressing he'd had guys out too we've been blaming coaching since post bubble last year it was Russ what other excuse is there that that see Sean that is the problem in and of itself right like part of the 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 problem is and I I talked about this when the Lakers had Russ. Talked about it the year before. It's it's every year. We want to focus on on one thing. It's all this year. It's it's Darvin Ham. It's all Darvin Ham. It's all Russell Westbrook. That's never the case. It's not just a a Russell Westbrook. Thing. It's not just a Darvin Ham thing. Are those problems? Yes, but. In this situation, there's more going on than just up. Yes, the injuries are part of it. The schedule is part of it, right? Um, shooting variance is is part of. It. There's all kinds of things that get wrapped up in this. So, I, I don't know. Like when people are, are trying to look at one thing, fix this one thing, and that solves everything. I don't think that's the way this is going to go. I think yes, maybe the Lakers move on from Darvin Ham. There's still some things to address on the on the roster, though, that would need to get done, I think, for this Lakers team to get to where they want to go. I don't think just changing the coach gets you everything you need. Now, last people will say, oh, but they traded Russ and that got them, you know, to the Western Conference Finals. They it wasn't just removing Russell Westbrook. It was you also did the trade that got you Rui Hachimura, and then you added pieces that became starters for you and Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell and D'Lo played really well. You got stuff back that that really improved your team too in addition to removing Russell Westbrook so um yeah I think trying to to put it all in just one place it it isn't quite an accurate way to look at the problems for this team yeah I I think I agree with that as well all right Tyler said something clearly happened behind the scenes that we don't know about uh team looks mentally checked out no chemistry or effort aside from AD respect Austin yeah, that's 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 the way it's looked. I mean, it's been it's been a group, and, and Sean, we've been doing this long enough to where we can tell when a team just has a bad shooting night, and when a team's playing like there's something else is off. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, and I think that was the case against Miami. And we'll see how they look against Memphis tonight. Okay, I gotta go try to catch up on some of the sleep that the Lakers stole from me after that, uh, that Miami loss, uh, Sean, thank you for coming on here. I, I, behind the curtains, I hit up Sean last minute and said, Hey, I know it's late, but I think I want to go talk about Darvin ham and, and the whole Lakers situation. You want you want to go talk Lakers? And he's like, yep, sure. Let's go. So th- that's how we roll here. And, yeah. uh, so appreciate, appreciate you coming on here. Uh, last minute because I had a lot of fun talking through this with you. Yeah, for sure. It's always fun talking about the Lakers, even if the Lakers don't make it fun sometimes. Even I think I, that true. made no sense. 
wait no i think that's that's like, even if the even if the lakers aren't fun it's still fun talking through all this stuff yeah there we go see trevor yeah. understood that's all that yeah we landed in the right spot <laughs> all right everybody Thank you for joining. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Oh, boy. Let's hope they can get a win tonight against Memphis. Come hang out with us during the game, either on the YouTube channel or, or over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.